Welcome to Emotionally Unavailable, a wine-influenced, uncensored podcast where you're free to be you and I'm free to be me. Emotionally. Views are our own and do not reflect those of our employers. Things said on this podcast are subject to change based on new and relevant information. You know what that's called? Growth. Hit me with your eyes. I never seen like a Hello, hello. Mm, hello. Come on, spirit. Let them use you. Let them use you. How are you doing today, Tobes? I'm pretty good. I just uh I just had a yoga and sound bath class and that was exciting um and very calming. It was a nice way to end my week-long endeavor of working out at least four times a day and I got to six and I'm really proud of myself. Mm. We out here, we working. We're killing our goals, guys. On the flip side, I definitely like, whoa. On the flip side, I definitely did not do what I was supposed to do this week, but it's okay. We right back at it again. You back at it. I got another chance to do what I need to do. All these um, new chances. Speaking of chances, um, let's talk about gatekeeping. Ooh. Let's, let's talk about what that means, what okay. it doesn't mean, what that looks like. Because I feel like people use the phrase, and it's been on my mind, also inspired by a tweet. So I'll give you the backstory. Um, I'm a part of Black Tech Twitter because I'm a black person black. and I work in tech, tech. And some and sometimes I tweet about it. Therefore, I'm a part of Black Tech Twitter. Right. <laughs> Try to say that three that. times. Um, and what I've noticed over time, especially kind of being in tech for a while. There are some people who scam and who hold these fake boot camps that are not that are not going to get you a job or that will do resume writing and resume reviews and then load the resume full of lies. And no, the resume isn't even formatted properly or in a certain way that the ATS can even read it. Um, Mm -hmm. One of my homegirls. One of our close friends is a um, technical sourcer, and she is always talking about like some of the things that she sees based on the people who call themselves like career coaches and are and, and career consultants who mm-hmm. try to you know help people f- land their first tech job. And you know people have created businesses. I'm not even going to say this is a black thing because I've seen a number of of people across racial lines create these business models for people who are trying to get hired um, into a certain space. I even see it with product management. There's a lot of organizations who, um, you know, have strategically branded themselves as, as somebody who can help you get a job in pro in product management or get a job in tech, especially mm-hmm. since it's been very viral on TikTok where the tech girls are showing what they bought with a tech check and or the tech girls are showing um 
how much they make or sometimes even tell them people verbatim what they make or whatever. And you'll either get the y'all tech people be lying. Y'all don't make that much. Um, or y'all are gatekeeping. Y'all aren't trying to help nobody, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I wanted to just have a conversation about gatekeeping, what it is, what it isn't. Um, because I've seen some things and then I've even had to ask myself if I was gatekeeping, right? Like, cause there was a time period where I was on the outside looking in and I was trying to get into tech and I would, I would reach out to people that we knew within our, our mutual circles. And I didn't always get, um, the response and, but most of the time I did, whether it was to looking at a resume, answering a question I had about the culture, um, or asking a question just about how things were at that company in 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 that particular role in a day to day like what did the day to day work look like? People would answer my questions, but I think it's all about the approach, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't just come at somebody and say, "Hey, help me." I tr- built a relationship. I asked them how they were doing. Um, did let them know, like, "Hey, I have this interest." Um, we have these commonalities and I was hoping to get your, um, insight on X, Y, and Z at, at your earliest convenience. Mm -hmm. Right. And then if I didn't get a response from them and I would give them like a week because we're adults and and we have lives. And if I didn't get a direct response, then I might nudge them, but most of the time I didn't. And I noticed that like, when I did not nudge them, they would circle back and say, hey, I'm in the middle of a product review or, hey, I'm in the middle of a privacy review. I saw your message. I'll get back to you as soon as it's over. Thank you for reaching out. And thank you for thinking of me. Happy to share my expertise. However, I don't know if it's because we are in a space of instant gratification where people will hit you up and then two days later, they'll be nudging you. I still have work emails that I have not responded to within that time period. And I think that it's super weird to reach out to somebody that you absolutely don't know, requesting their time, and then not even giving them enough time to get back to you. Like, I've told quite a few people, like, hey, I'm actually in the thick of it. I just, just started something new. And this was back when I first started my role. Um, and I'm trying to get settled in. So it's going to take a while before I have bandwidth to talk to you, right? right? Don't think that I'm ignoring you. I want to help. But at the end of the day, there's not much I can do if you're not coming to me with the basics from the beginning. Like, oh, I have True. an interview at X place. Can you help me? What's the role <laughs> for? What's the team? Tell me that at the beginning so I can tell you if I can help you. Cause I might not be able to. And I made it very clear, like, Hey, my team is a little bit different than most of the teams out here. It interviewing and, and what to look for in an interview varies from team to team. It can be very team specific, especially in product, you know, especially if you're True. building a growth, if it's a growth PM role, if it's a, a zero to one PM role, there are so many things that can like, shape how the interview will be and I have no problem with answering those questions but let me get to it because it's like I'm I'm living the same pandemic as you shawty I am tired after work sometimes like yes I may read a LinkedIn message just to clear it out because seeing the notification stresses me out <laughs> but I have so many 
things in my inbox and LinkedIn that I apps that I know I probably need to get back to. And maybe I need a better mechanism. I know some people who have auto replies on LinkedIn where it leads you to a specific email address that they mm. that they filter for and they use to communicate with people who need help. I also know some people do monthly office hours and they have like these camp calendar links for people to sign up. Let me tell you something. My goal is to be there. My goal right. is to have time and to be able to segment time and bandwidth for people who are trying to uh, to do up and coming things. But to be honest with you, I am emotionally like drained and I am not in the space right now to take on any additional mentees because I have two already. Right. And I, in order for me to be a hundred percent and to give them what they want, they need. My mentees are also like friends of mine. So that there's a little bit of line blur there, but in order for me to be able to show up in, a, in that space, I need to have enough, enough for them, enough, enough for me, enough for my work, um, enough for my loved ones and, and my friends that I care so much about and, and enough for this puppy I might be getting soon. So I just don't got it to give somebody who don't know what they want to do, who don't know why they want to do it, and who wants to ask me the same questions over and over and over again, which is, well, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? There is no method to how I did things. I tried things and I failed. Like, seriously, like, and that's not even me trying to be funny. I tried things. I failed and then I pivoted. That's there's no like there is more than enough people on LinkedIn that will tell you how they did what they did. And I don't understand like if people are just trying to like find someone who they think is more relatable to see if it was a similar experience. But honestly, I can't tell you anything that I've done that's ex- extraordinarily different than anyone else in the tech space. I can't. I'm just being honest. I I think I'm amazing. I think I'm a wonderful person, but there's nothing extraordinary that I've done that's different from anyone else who wanted to try something different and wanted to pivot. And they took the time to educate themselves, network, and then try things, fail fast, and then pivot and learn, take those learnings to apply it to a different way of doing things. So I just, for me, that part isn't gatekeeping. But I want to share something that happened, um, and then we can talk about it. There was a recruiter, and her job is to recruit, obviously. And she tweeted, and this happened earlier today or maybe last night. She Mm -hmm. tweeted, I just offered a candidate $85,000 for a job that had a budget of $130,000. I offer her that because that's what she asked for. I personally don't don't have the bandwidth to give lessons on salary negotiation. Here's the lesson. Always ask for the salary you want and deserve. No matter how large you think it might be, you never know how much money a company has to work with. Yeah, I saw that. Um... So the girls are dragging her Big on time. Twitter. The girls being me, I, I've said some things as well. I think this is an example of gatekeeping. I think someone 
not getting back to you in enough time because they're busy, they're busy with life um, and, and they, them wanting to help you, but don't have the space to do it right now. I don't really think that's gatekeeping. I think that's boundaries. And I think that's like somebody just trying to get like settled in before they can give you a value information. But I think purposely like boxing people out of comp is gatekeeping. What are your thoughts? Yes, I I think it speaks to a lot. I think it's like, well, okay, first of all, I will give the context of saying I work in a space that is very community centric and community oriented. And so anything that I do is going to be impact based regardless. So that's what my frame of mind is coming from. That being said, I think that it's not only gatekeeping, but it's doing a disservice, honestly, to all of these different social issues that we talk about, especially with regards to the pay gap. Um, And when you talk about the racial pay gap or you talk about the gender pay gap, um, which can be one and the same, especially for hello us who are black women. But it's like you're sitting here saying you don't have the bandwidth to give somebody a salary negotiation class. Girl, you could send that person a simple link to resources about how to negotiate salaries. And it's like, at the end of the day, are you going to take the time to advocate for the candidate and make sure that they have a good experience? And this is coming from somebody who has been a recruiter. Or are you going to sit there and do a disservice? Been a recruiter at a large tech company, may I add. Sorry to cut you off. (laughs) But are you going to do a disservice to the company in the long run? Because now you have somebody who has the potential to push back um, when they find out that they were lowballed, essentially, or you have the chance of somebody not staying around and being retained at the company because they were unfairly leveled, you know, or not given the correct pay for work that they are doing. Um, It's just, it, it doesn't make sense to me to be like, I don't have the bandwidth or I don't have the time to educate people. It's like, well, you know that there are resources out there and you know that this is something that a lot of people from various demographics struggle with. And so why not take the two minutes that it fi- that it takes to find a link or find a resource or even have it in your lexicon? And honestly, that's a, that's a critique that I have of specific companies who do recruitment like that anyway. It's like, there should be some type of, you should expect some type of negotiation with paying people. You are yeah. paying people to, this is their livelihood yeah. in essence. And I think that people kind of don't take that into account. And like the whole reason that I had gotten into recruiting in the first place was because I wanted to make sure that people had opportunities in the tech space like the ones I was able to usher them into. And I think that people who are just doing it all willy nilly and, you know, not, not being advocates for like, you are the person essentially who could be an advocate for somebody who's getting into this tech space, regardless of whether they have past experiences or not. Like you are somebody who can open up new opportunities for them to expand themselves professionally, to develop themselves professionally, and also to be able to create a different type of livelihood for them and to allow them to thrive. And I think that that holistic piece is kind of missing from 
tech company, a lot of tech companies, they don't really think about it like that. It's just like, oh, we just want the workforce. We just want, you know, bodies and butts and seats type of thing. And it's like, Mm-hmm. you're doing the company a disservice by just treating this process like that because at the end of the day you don't know what this person could be capable of this could be the next ceo of the company this could be somebody who could really make innovative strides strides in the you know from the place that they are placed at exactly i know it's a lot <laughs> i know that you know, tech recruiters are inundated with a lot of different candidates. There's pipeline that you have to create. There's different, you know, quotas that you have to fill. I get that. And at the same time, that's why, you know, to be honest, that's why I stepped away from recruiting at a tech company because, well, first of all, it wasn't fulfilling for me in a variety of different ways. But also, that's not how they're thinking about it. And I think that that is honestly misguided. I think we could be doing so much more in terms of, ensuring that people are getting the payment that they deserve. I think that we could be doing so much more in terms of can not only candidate experience, but also employee experience and understanding what that looks like and how to ensure that you're retaining your employees and not pushing them out after a year or pushing them out after four years after they vest with their RSUs. Like you're doing people a disservice and you're doing these companies a disservice. And then it's the simple fact that she wanted to call it a mistake. A mistake is if I accidentally step on your foot when we are walking, right? That's a mistake. A mistake is if I accidentally cut you cut you off because I'm excited about whatever it is that we're talking about and my ADHD got me hyped up, right? That's a mistake. But what isn't a mistake is deliberately lowballing someone. And then going on to Twitter to tweet about it under the guise of fake empowerment in uh, in teachable moments. Right. That ain't it. That ain't it for multiple reasons, mainly because like, and we've been having a lot of the conversations as the company that I work I work at begins to expand in the greater Atlanta area about the power of one tech job and how one tech job can change the generational wealth and the the trajectory of of generational wealth, particularly in black and brown communities for four generations. That's the power of one job in technology. Because for a lot of black and brown people, that is the highest amount of salary that some people's families have ever seen in their lives. Yes. So when you are gatekeeping salaries and when someone who is a potential candidate is lowballing themselves because they don't even know what their, their wealth potential could be as a recruiter, I think it's your job to, to kind of nudge them a little bit, even if it's something as, as simple as, Oh, I think my computer went out. So you said that um, your range is 160. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got you down for 160. Something as simple as that can can help. Like you don't necessarily have to say, hey, you're lowballing yourself. You can literally, right. you know, change the trajectory of someone's life. So to, for you to think this is a key key moment or a fake empowerment, inspirational, like teachable moment when really what you did was rob potential future black and brown children from generational wealth and generational equity um girl I'm looking at you like you're crazy 
Especially I'm because looking at it, you like you not for our people. <laughs> You're not. It's very anti-black. It's it's anti-black. <laughs> it's anti-woman because she was a woman also. It's anti. Right. It's, it's, it's an, like you basically gave a nod to pay inequity, and you participated in a system that disenfranchises many women, um, many vulnerable groups. Like. Honestly, truly, like you, you participated in the cycle and imagine being right. that candidate and imagine being that candidate, you know, that's your recruiter. This is now a viral post. You just randomly get on Twitter and you see, Child, this, shit. What? You see this shit and you find out that your 85 K that you were excited about because that's the most money you've ever made in your life could have been 130, but you didn't know. And she didn't advocate for you. And then she thought it was okay to use you as an example to tweet out to the people. Of course, she's going to be happy I report with the you to HR. Exactly. And I'm like, of course, she's going to be <laughs> happy with the 85. Of course, she's going to be happy right. with the 85. If that's the most that she has ever made or that anyone else has ever made. Because sometimes your environment and the way you've grown up can be a limiting factor. There's been plenty of times sure. where like um, I've been told by people in my community from growing up not to try to negotiate too hard because what if they walk away what if they walk away i don't care i know what i'm worth i know right. how much i'll pay these and other people the that don't time, look like though, me that's like, the privilege in it too though because sometimes you can't afford for people to walk away and i think it's bullshit that companies do do that it's unfortunate Exactly. And here right. and how I see it is how you treat me coming in is how you treat me while I'm there. So if if right. me wanting to advocate for myself and me wanting to be be compensated for my skill and to be given a, a compensation or, um, you know, opportunities to advance myself via certifications and have you cover it. If those are negotiating factors that that have you like oh my god no you can't work for me then that means that we're not a fit we're not compatible we're not we're not compatible you don't fit into the three c's of what i look for and my and my friend matthew talks about it the three c's of what you look for when you're looking at a company right culture co-workers right mm -hmm. and i think costs Cost mm -hmm. is the other seat. Like, what is what is the cost? But it's like I I just really don't get how people can be okay with treating people like that. And then I'm so tired of y'all trying to create these teachable moments and this content to try to get people to buy your services. I think it's weird. It's very, very much like giving Ponzi scheme. Like it's giving scammer. <laughs> it's, it's giving fraud. And it sucks because there are legitimate people. That's the thing too. This whole situation on Twitter has highlighted the fact that there has to be people who are giving out this information because y'all are not doing it willingly. And I think that sucks too, because it's like, damn, you really, people are really making livings off of this, off of teaching people how to negotiate and whatnot. And that's nothing against their hustle, but it's just like, why do we live in a world where we're teaching people things that recruiters could just have, you know, on hand? You do not have to pay anybody for negotiations class. Stanford and Harvard post things from their business school on their YouTube pages, lectures that are two hours 
long. All you need to do is go on go on YouTube University and type in negotiations, the art of mm-hmm. negotiations. And there are multiple TED Talks from people who have done the actual negotiations, not just compensation. I'm talking about crisis negotiations, hostage negotiations, all types of negotiations. And they tell you what to do, when to hold them, when to fold them. A lot of negotiation is is typically coming in higher than you typically would so you can land where you want to yep. be. Like there are so many things and maybe what we'll do in the future as we as we're working on the season three, um, maybe what we'll do is we'll have an episode about negotiation and we can pull some people like um, that yes. we know and have them just answer a quick like five minute question on how they would negotiate in a situation um, because nowadays you don't even have to negotiate in person because we're in a virtual environment so you can even get away with negotiating via email which is right. a lot easier than being face to face so I say all that to say I just wanted to like make it very clear what gatekeeping was and what it is not what she right. did is gatekeeping. Somebody's cousin who you know from from Spellhouse or from A&T or from Hampton, who somebody told you to hit up on LinkedIn and <laughs> you hit them up after a post went viral and they're not responding to you right away because they just started a new job in big tech and they're probably overwhelmed with mm-hmm. the amount of people that are reaching out to them. And also life and pandemic not reaching out to you within a week or within three to four business days is not gatekeeping or someone giving you an answer, but not giving you the exact interview questions that they were offered. That is not gatekeeping. Like at the end of the day, we're entitled to give no information to anyone, right? We give what we can give. Some people, they may not want to violate their NDAs like that, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm being honest. That's people have real. to sign, sign agreements about certain things. And some right. people honestly want to see that you made an effort to, to find some type of information before you came to them. Because everybody's busy. And to expect someone to take on the emotional labor to teach you the entire game when it's free, free resources out here and you won't even take the first step... Come on now, do better. There's accountability on all sides and we can do better. I know for me, I'm working on having a better mechanism in place so I can vet the people who are reaching out to me and I can build intentional relationships and help them with their goals. But me in particular, I'm very much tired of the transactional. Oh my God, I seen your background. Can you talk to me? And then I, then I, finally decide to talk to you and then that's the last conversation I have because you got what you wanted but you're not even trying to build a relationship relationship, which is what you should be doing especially like in technology 70 percent of networking is actually building relationships that doesn't mean you have to be best friends with the person it doesn't mean that you have to like be in their face every day or in their mm-hmm. inbox every day, but it does yep. mean like be intentional and like you never know how you could, you know, pay it forward. You could repay this person back for putting you on. Like there's so many different ways to be able to show gratitude for how mm-hmm. somebody has helped you out in your career. And I just feel like people, that's also like a missing factor from a lot of people's um intentions when they are trying to 
network. Right. And you got to be careful what you ask because there's been plenty of times people straight up ask me what questions, what exact questions were asked. And my response was, um, I, under the agreement that I have, I cannot share that with you, but I can, uh, but if you want to have a conversation about what my experience was like, I can't, I can help you with that. Or did you try Google? Cause Google, sometimes people store. Glassdoor, sometimes people will, will provide examples. And did mm-hmm. you talk to your recruiter? Because sometimes your recruiter has example we'll questions the that blueprint. they are cleared to be able to share with you. Yes. So instead of trying to trying to work around, you need to be building a really good, solid foundation and solid relationship with your recruiter, right? Yes, they have a role that they're trying to fill, but they will appreciate a candidate who is, is super, super interested in a role that's also taking the necessary steps to create a relationship so that they have what they need and they can provide you what you need in order to be successful through the process. So at the end of the day, they're the ones that's advocating for you in addition to the people that you interview with. Yeah. Just a thought. I think this is all good information. Hopefully this helps y'all out too, because as we know, as we saw, <laughs> not everybody is willing to help, uh, no. which is unfortunate. No, not everybody is willing to help you out. And yeah, but speaking of I, one thing I just wanted to mention this is the dirty 30. This is basically when Toby and I are super, super busy, but we still want to talk to you guys and make sure we have some type of content out there. This is when we just kind of just hop on the mic and just straight off the dome, have a conversation, mm-hmm. right? And ch- do a check-in. So we are coming back with season three soon. Well, season three already started, but we're going to be taking we're, a break. Yeah, we're taking a little break to get our lives together, our lives yeah. together, and make sure that we can bring things that are relevant and timely. Mm-hmm. But we will have dirty thirties every so often. Yeah, just to hope y'all enjoy. Yeah, just to have, you know chit chat. So before we go, one thing I wanted to mention is Tom Brady today it's been announced that he is retiring from Retire. the football league. <laughs> I feel like he has been playing football for almost the majority of my life. Boy. Like, so I said 22 seasons. done this five years ago. Okay. <laughs> yes. I don't know why we're gate. still here. Thank God. Okay. Getting out of the NFL has been too long. But also, I think I am beginning to realize how old I am. I'm not old, but how I've grown. Seasoned. And how I've seasoned because so many of the players that I grew up watching in the NFL and the NBA are retired and mm-hmm. considered like old heads now and I'm just like sheesh and also when I have to like input my date of birth I'm having to scroll a little bit too long for my liking <sighs> here lately I need y'all to put some respect on my name and remove That's the scroll hilarious. feature and please just let me type it <laughs> in because I don't like that shit I don't oh like that God. shit I don't I feel attacked I'm not a fan I need y'all to figure it out. So before I go and before we say goodbye to beautiful Toby for today, let's 
see what's on t- on her mind, her top of mind, um, as she gives us some parting words for this time's Dirty 30. Yeah, I don't have much. Um, so glad that, or not so glad, but I hope that you all are thriving, living your best lives. Um, I'm in a really zen mood. Like I said, I just came from a sound bath and yoga. So I pray that you all are doing what you need to do to make this your best year yet. Um, I individually am working on trying to be more sustainable. You know, I'm still a sustainable shorty. We still out here. We still trying to make it green. Um, And so hopefully I'll be able to share more on that later. But from my end, look out for that. That's all I got. Love it. I love it. And I don't have no affirmations for y'all this go round, but I will say this. Um, whether you can or you can't, you're right. So just do it. Who cares what anybody else has to say about anything? Because um, at the end of the day, they aren't the ones that's going to be on that on that journey with you it's your journey you know i mean everybody else is essentially a a co-star but it's your movie you're the main character of your story so stop placing so much of an emphasis on what other people have to say about Mm. what you are doing because it's your life and we only have one life to live that's all i'll share Yes, so we love y'all. Until next time, have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful life and day. Bye. Bye. I will love you good.